0: You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show, the episode uh, long-awaited, yes. as there is a new book out, and we decided to skip two shows in a row, so welcome. Because
1: we were so excited about
0: one book, we needed to really prep. that's <laughs> It's true. Uh, I'm checking my audio levels because Lucian has a habit of not being able to, be heard, but it looks on. like he's doing okay. So I think yeah, we're okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we've done episode 189. So it's not
1: like we haven't done a lot of shows for you to watch out there. So if you it's missed true. any... You could have went back and
0: caught any of the ones you missed. <laughs> um, fantastic. So uh, we we actually have a lot to talk about because uh, we missed some days. But uh, wait for you to ask about my background. I'm waiting yeah. for there was yeah. there was this was the epic
1: fight. Oh, let me do it this way so you can see it just for a second. That was the epic fight that we had. Uh, I don't know if we will get to talk to it today because we had a bunch of stuff. But I left it up because I thought oh it was a crazy fight with an oni. And a hag, and a wizard, and mesoloths, and shield wardens, and Bigby's hands, and what else was in there? It was like a grill, or a grec was in there. Um, it was a cool fight. Really fun. The group had a lot of fun, but we finally got to play it. I just had left that up.
0: Yeah. No, that's awesome. That uh, and fun. that's your Dungeon of the Mad Mage? Dungeon of the Mad okay. Mage. But if we get to it, we get to it. If not... And I still just, a big, still epic. a big fan of uh, Roll Twenty. I see.
1: We <laughs> love Roll Twenty. Our our characters are so complicated that if we didn't have the math behind Roll Twenty at this point, it'd be tough. It would slow the combat so far down you'd never get through them for sure. Do
0: you use the uh, video and audio of Roll Twenty, or do you use um, like Zoom and then just that for the?
1: Zoom. And I think we use Zoom because everybody knows me and you use Zoom for our shows when they've been on our shows and stuff. And so they've kind of just have always, when they created their show, when Danimal created his show for streaming on Twitch, he just used Zoom. So we use Zoom, Discord for audio, Zoom for video, Roll20 for uh, Virtual Tabletop.
0: Well, there you go. Um, Well, I guess lots of stuff to talk about, but the big news is I picked up this book yesterday. This this book? This one? Yes. You got the same cover I see. Did you buy I two? Know. Uh no, I just got one. Um I went I cancelled my pre-order. This is Strict we're talking about for those of you. Uh, um I just got the one. I cancelled my pre-order because I realized that I wanted the actual I love this cover. Like this yes, just looked really cool. nice. And a lot of times I'm not a big fan of the alternate covers There's and I back. was always saying that I wanted all of my books to match. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I decided I didn't care anymore. Apparently, because I have the mm-hmm. uh, the Feywild book that, that came out Wild Beyond the Witchlight. I have that alternate cover as well. So, uh, and now it's part of me is like, well, I wish I'd kind of gotten all of the alternate covers. I guess the Volos one, yeah, is selling for like a thousand dollars. Whoa! Because not a lot of people realized they were doing it was the first one, and not a lot of people realized they did that and uh, the alternate covers. And it's just really rare because it's rare, apparently.
1: So. I didn't get the Volos one. I got the Mortar in one. Yeah. For some reason I got the normal
0: Volos so it fit with the other books on my shelf. Yep, that's what I did. <laughs> yep. Um, so have you had a chance to flip through it or read or anything?
1: I've read through, I did the first flip through. Um, I read the first couple of chapters because I wanted to see I always like to know when they bring out these kinds of books how they explain you should put them in your campaign world and how much do they explain about where this content comes from how much they explain about how to fit it into the world you have or how much you know how what ways you can fit it into different types of worlds and I was really surprised they didn't talk a ton about magic the gathering itself and really even mention it very much you wouldn't you might not know
0: if you pick this book up that it was, it's a Magic the Gathering card set. I felt the exact same thing. It's, it says like, they straight up say like, here's how magic kind of works. And they, they explain like the weave and forgotten realms. And then they, on top of that, they kind of place Strixhaven. Right. Even though magic works completely different there from other places, Mm -hmm. Uh, not in this book, but just that Magic: The Gathering magic is not necessarily D and D magic. Yeah. Uh, but they were very, very like hey, this is a academy, and you could put it anywhere. Like you could put it in your world. It could be its own subdimension. It could be its own planet. Like it is in, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like it is in the Magic: The Gathering world. It's like a a, a school on a planet, um, yeah. which I guess all schools are on planets. I don't know. I'm I'm not what you call a <laughs> geology wizard. Um, But it was interesting to have a more focused, not how do I play in the world of Magic the Gathering, but Mm -hmm. how do I utilize this book? And that's something that I think, um, not Theros, I think Theros was really good at like, how do I utilize this book? But uh, the Ravnica book was very much like play in Ravnica. And yeah. I wonder if the reception or just feedback they've gotten um, has shifted their views of these Magic the Gathering worlds. Uh, but also, this is just a really good standalone adventure too. And I don't, I'm yep. about uh, three fourths of the way through the whole book, and so I'm about a little over half through the adventure,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: it's really cool. Like I would, <laughs> I think this is a lot of fun as a standalone adventure. Um, I almost wish that it was a uh, higher level because I want to play like an introductory adventure to get to level five <laughs> and then have them stumble upon this school that they then can like enroll and go on. But yeah. which you could start at level five, but I really uh, I reading through it. I think it's a lot of fun to be like level one, I have magic powers. I better go to this school. And so, uh, and there's a lot of cool level one stuff. And then you get more familiar with the different five branches of the school that you can, or houses that you can join. Uh, Cause right. you get to choose. There's no like Harry Potter sorting hat and stuff yeah. like that. So.
1: Well, I thought they did a really good job about it's a magical school, but it's a school that studies how to use magic and what you do. It's not a school of study about magic, I guess. Although that, that sounds the same way when I say it out loud, but it's the idea that you could be a cook But you go to this school to learn about how to use magical ingredients or magical techniques to be a better cook this school isn't just about learning wizard spells this is about how magic can work in different ways it can be about learning magic spells it can be about that but it also could be for the bards it also could be for a fighter who is trying to learn how to augment something in a fighting style that maybe uses a magical component or technique to augment it. So it gives you a reason, because I always remembered when I was thinking about a cool magic university, well, is that really only an adventure for your clerics and wizards and warlocks, right? Yeah. But they did a good job of describing why it's not just that, why there's lots of different types of people and different types of professions that they might have and different types of adventures that could be, that could enroll in a school like this, Going there for a specific type of study, you know, and the, and then you choose those schools, which would help you in the type of study that you're you're trying to. Yeah. Go and down. so they
0: they really emphasize, like, not necessarily where your magic comes from, but that you are magical. So mm-hmm. you could be the fighter. Um, and I keep thinking about that, like, uh, fay barbarian or whatever it was, the the one that had like the wild magic table.
1: Like yeah. that would be a
0: lot of fun to play in a Strixhaven campaign, I think, because yeah. you have this connection. They actually talk about um you could be a paladin that has uh this oath of conquest or something where you're talking to spirits from the past or something, and that's what's giving you, you know, they have a lot of ways to work those uh previous classes into Strixhaven. Something mm-hmm. else I thought was interesting is that there's no gods, they didn't talk anything about like here are the magic of the gathering gods that we worship. Yeah, no pantheons. Yeah, there's no pantheon. So you, and and that's another good way of putting it into your world. And it doesn't necessarily Mm -hmm. matter where you're getting your magic from, it's just that you are magical. And so it could be a Forgotten Realms route where you're very, you know, in connected or connected with your god and they give you powers or something. Or it could be like an Eberron route where just the act of faith is what gives you power. And so I mm-hmm. I think it's really cool. I really like it a lot. Like, I like the the feats <laughs> uh, because I can be a Witherbloom feat uh, magic initiate, and then I have this magic, like extra magical power throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the elephant in the room is Silvery Barbs. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, all
1: over Twitter. The, well, and there's there were two. Also one of the artists uh creators got left off of the credits oh that was accident. that yeah so that was the other thing um they did put a tweet out there if you're looking for it i believe it is I was, I was gonna write it down so we could say it in the show but you can find it easily on twitter where uh they realized it right away and they put it out everywhere they could that um they had missed this but she was a you know a big part of you know just like any of the other people they credited in the book for being a contributor. So they, they were sorry that they had missed that person. And I it will be in fixed here, in
0: future printings.
1: <laughs> yeah. I noticed in here, art department, Tristane Falcone. So yeah. we were just talking about, uh, acquisitions incorporated. I didn't realize she had been working for wizards and incorporated. I thought she was still with, uh, Penny arcade, the company and working for them.
0: No, I think she was, she was originally part, uh, well, no, we have to like, I, I don't know this they... for sure, but I thought she was on their comic, uh, they did a show acquisition or penny, or penny arcade did a show where it was like last, uh, artist standing or something. And it was a reality mm-hmm. show about drawing online comics. And I think, uh, Tristan Falcone was one of the, uh, artists on that show. And that's how they became friends. But from my understanding, she's just a freelance artist and maybe she was working for them for a little bit, but I think she oh, got, yeah, I thought she yeah. worked
1: there for maybe just, maybe it was only a little bit, but maybe I thought she I worked at there. I I do believe her pronouns had changed um, in the last couple of years. So we may be getting that wrong and we completely apologize if so. But I think I want to say maybe it's they. Okay. I apologize. I I, I don't know. I'm not sure. But I love their artwork. I love, you know, they're a great character on um, Acquisitions Inc. I really think they kind of center that whole group of the craziness around the other characters in Acquisitions Incorporated. So, you know, uh, I I love it. So I thought that was cool. I saw that name in there. Um, and then you're right. The elephant in the room was, which we should probably look at, Silvery Barb for some reason. Yeah. So I didn't read too much into it. Apparently everybody else think it's the greatest thing ever. Somehow, Well,
0: I, it has the same problems that I have with Counterspell. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tell me about it. I just <laughs> don't like it. <laughs> no, I just so I just don't silvery barbs it's a first level spell and it also is because it's a first level and because it is a enchantment spell it's in certain categories where arcane trickster rogues can get it um and anyone with the magic initiate feat can get it um and it it is just pretty powerful and What's... there's no there's no save. It's an on-off switch. So I'll read it right now. It says... Yeah, I was going to uh, say,
1: let's get to the details here. Page says, 38.
0: You, you magically distract the triggering creature and and turn its momentary uncertainty into encouragement for another creature. The triggering creature must re-roll the D20 and use the lower roll. You can then choose a different creature you can see within range. Uh, you can choose yourself. The chosen creature has advantage on the next attack roll, ability check, or saving throw it makes with, within one minute. A creature can be empowered by only one use of this spell at a time. So, to use this, it's a reaction, and you take your reaction when a creature within 60 feet succeeds on an attack roll, an ability check, or a saving throw. And the big thing here is saving throw, So, and the fact that it's a reaction spell. So, mm-hmm. if I uh cast burning hands on Lucian and he succeeds <gasps> on his deck save I can then reaction spell on my same turn to have him re-roll that for disadvantage and you're like okay well that's not I mean that's just like a cool combo it's not like the most powerful but like you start mm-hmm. getting into uh, and
1: then you give advantage to somebody else and then you
0: or yourself yeah because you give control.
1: disadvantage to me yeah
0: but where it comes into play is it doesn't specifically say you give someone disadvantage. It says they re roll a D 20 and take, so there are, there are a lot of situations and I don't have them written down. So I apologize, but there are a lot of situations where um, I think it's the, it might be the enchantment wizards and stuff where you can give disadvantage on certain creatures. And then on top of that, do this spell to then have them re-roll their already disadvantaged die. So let's say I have disadvantage, but I roll a 17 and an 18. Well, then I'm going to use this again to make you re-roll that 17 to have it be a four or
1: Oh, I guess it doesn't say, yeah. So if we go back to one important part there, it says succeeds on an attack roll, but it doesn't, we don't know if I'm attacking as the barbarian. If I had, let's say recklessly, and I had advantage, so when you tell me to re-roll the D twenty, which D twenty am I re-rolling? The the, the, the advantaged one that succeeded. One? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Triggering the creature, and then I have to roll another D twenty, and I look at the one I used before that succeeded, and the new one, and I have to take the lower. Yeah. So it really is giving me a disadvantage,
0: even though that should just cancel out and be like the regular roll. Uh, and I think that's that's one of the problems with it. Another one is people were talking about. Uh, legendary resistances with monsters, and how okay, so well, I it's just an auto pass well, in a, like I, and this one's up for debate. We haven't had an official ruling for wizards mm-hmm. yet, but if i if there's a legendary monster and I cast burning hands again, um and he succeeds on his saving throw, then I use silvery barbs to make him reroll that. He then doesn't save. But as that happens, he decides to use a legendary resistance, which means he saved. But how does that, like, how does that work? And some people are thinking, like, you're just burning through his legendary resistances really quick. Like, that's not cool. Um, And the combo, again, is if I do burning hands and he fails, uses legendary resistance, I then use silvery barbs to make him reroll it. He fails again, uses legendary resistance again, so we're getting into this thing where it's like, can I really burn two to three legendary resistances with one spell? Like, that seems a little overpowered. And also with this, there's no there's no avoiding it. Unless you know counterspell, there's no stopping this from happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't like that. There's no protection. Like, I don't know. If It should be like if I have mage shield up or some, Or if I have, uh, yeah, like something. There should be a way to protect against this, and there's absolutely not. Uh,
1: a, saving so. <laughs> a saving throw.
0: Cause a saving throw. Because that's normally what protects
1: you from a, a like, spell hitting you.
0: If you're resistant yeah. to psychic damage or something, you, this spell doesn't affect you. Like I, I need a way as a player and a dungeon master to utilize this without um, making everybody upset. So, mm-hmm. I will say I saw that Sly Flourish was talking about this, and he was saying he didn't have like the most solidified opinion, but he was saying that if you don't like it, uh, it A, it doesn't have to be in your game and that's fine. Yeah, yeah you um, just throw it out. And B, uh, make it something that they have to like quest for, you know, and so it is like, oh, you found this gem that allows you to cast silvery barbs, but uh, that gem can be taken away or, you know, something to that effect. Uh, so there's, there's ways around it, but what I wanted to talk about, I guess, is we're getting into this point where I used to be able to say, We're going to run a game. Um, you can use any published material, uh, uh, officially published by Wizards. But now I'm going to get into games and I'm going to be like, You can use things from, you know, like Tosh's plus one, basically, or something like that. <laughs> like, I'm going I'm to be restrictive because I don't think this promotes fun at the table. And I think a lot of players are, much like Counterspell, feel forced to take this rather than other spells that maybe they want to take that might be more fun for them or their character or more situational specific. Like I really want to take uh Leoman's tiny hut because we're going to the top of a mountain, but man, I really need counter spell. I mean, silvery barbs is just too good. And so that's my rant.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you could almost use that as shield spell though too. I mean, the idea that we saw it in this battle that we did last uh, the last Tuesday, where our gnome was being attacked by a pretty heavy melee type creature. He's an um, uh, an artificer, but he's got a bunch of level one spells, and he has a staff that stores like three or four level one spells. And so the entire round, he was like, something would try to hit him. And he was like, shield, 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 shield. I mean, the entire, every round, he cast shield. And there was, the deal was just like, I can't hit him. I yeah. mean, there's just nothing I can do. And you have so many of those spells. And who's not going to take that spell? Like, you have to take that spell. Well, I think yes. if you have access to it.
0: If, and shield is very powerful. And again, why is it powerful? Yeah. It's a reaction. Uh yeah. counter spell is very powerful. Why is it powerful? It's a reaction. And um, we had a lot of Shield stuff. affects me. And shield yeah. is not affecting the monster. No, it affects the DM. So <laughs> the DM can roll and be like, "Okay, I missed you." But then, if yeah. if you're playing the monster, and that that's frustrating. Don't get me wrong, I've had yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the monster can be like, "Well, if I can't hit you, I'm going after these other squishy characters." You know, like there's yeah. ways around and we it. He didn't have any.
1: He was he, the squishiest.
0: <laughs> he can't shield everybody. Uh, yeah. It's a self spell, uh, yeah. but. I don't know. I I this was this was like just bizarre yeah, that it got through playtesting. So. Yeah, I'm
1: I mean, I think it's surprising that there's not that it's a, a 100% that it happens, right? Cuz a spell, I mean even even the next one down, Vortex Warp, if all these spells were 100% happen and you didn't get like you have to roll a constitution saving throw to see if it doesn't affect you. All spells would be super powerful. So I think that's the one thing that makes that one kind of stand out is that there's not a lot of spells that when you cast it, it's just hundred percent. It happens, right? Uh, counter spells that way shield, you know, like you said, silvery barbs, but most people get a chance to avoid the, the, the disadvantage yeah. of it or the, and I'm thinking and this one doesn't give that, but
0: uh, like the divination bard has that roll 2d 20, and then you can replace one of those rolls during the day. Yeah, we have
1: one in our campaign and he constantly says to our DM when when the big bad guy rolls a nice high roll, he's like, ah, that's not how I saw it happen. Go ahead and re-roll that yeah. one. Yeah,
0: and I think that's and a that's lot of fun, same but kinda... you get two of those as opposed to five to seven spell slots upscalable yeah. of this thing. All your spell um, slots, yeah. <laughs> and you are, I don't know, man, I just, I, I don't like it. <laughs> And I think now I'm going to have to be like, "Mm, I don't know. Um, It is
1: verbal, 60 feet, range, instantaneous. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So we'll we'll see
0: where it goes. I'm really curious for Wizards to have an official statement about it, but I feel like we won't get anything until after the holidays. But uh, we'll see. Because
1: I like the Vortex Warp one, too, the one that allows you – I was thinking this was a I thought when it first came out this was the first spell everybody was talking about and then it switched to silvery barbs because people were talking about being able to teleport people around the battlefield um, because enemies specifically the, yeah but it says you can choose a person and they can they can choose to not they can choose make to fail. The saving yeah. throw yeah. so it can be used on your allies yeah. to pull them out of places it is a second level it is an action instantaneous, so it's not a reaction.
0: But no, your friend is Mm. stuck in a watery sphere. Like, boop, I teleported you. Like, I like this spell. Uh, It has some some implications where, well, I'm going to teleport the big bad evil guy over a pit of lava, and Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, that does suck, but uh, maybe he's immune to lava. Like, I don't know. And there's a constitution save associated with it. So I'm I'm less like, well, yeah, there's a save. Like, there's a chance that it doesn't work. The other one is like, there's a chance that it will work all of the time. <laughs> so.
1: And I feel like a lot of people are saying that they might not let these feats into any game that wasn't a Strixhaven game, too. Like, some yeah. of these feats are very kind of setting-specific, and they might not balance well into whatever other setting you might be playing. But that's true of really any book. I mean you know, a book that introduces, you know, the artificer could completely unbalance your
0: game. Yeah. Um, well, and let's, you know, uh, yeah. I think Van Richten's Guide is a good example where there are mm-hmm. things in there that I would want to use and, and and what have you, but not every game I play needs to have a half vampire and this whole lineage right. system. And so right. you're right. Uh, and not every game needs to have the theros god system like it's a really right. cool system if you're playing in an ancient greek setting but not necessarily for everyday whatever mm-hmm. uh and i think this is another example of that um it's the fact that it's just like a generic spell i think uh the and the, and and a generic feat that was the other weird thing where it's like well it's it's called, like, Initiative Strixhaven, so at least they put the the name in it so that you know, mm-hmm. you're like, hey, you're taking that third party feat that's really overpowered, <laughs> blah, 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 but I don't know. Uh, the you maps get... are really cool. There's a whole bunch of lore on all oh, of yeah. the different colleges. Uh, and, and you get a new it's really class, a new grace. Here's the maps. And at the back. owl, yeah.
1: You don't normally get that in a lot of uh, their adventures. I don't remember that being in many of the other books. Big map. at the
0: Icewind Dale has it, and I think do they? Tomb of Annihilation had one. I don't remember. Storm
1: King's Thunder, I don't think, did.
0: No, I don't think Storm King's did. And I guess I don't really buy... Well, Dragon Heist, did it have the big map in the back? Dungeon of the Mad Mage does. Dungeon of the Mad Mage does,
1: okay. Lots of cool creatures.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, What's not there homework rules? I feel like I saw homework rules. Yeah,
0: somewhere. they real there really are a lot of... Uh, so every... There's four chapters and every chapter is a year of school. Um, and there's a lot of, I wanna say downtime mechanics, but not, I don't know how I would run this. I'd be very curious to run this because a lot of it is like, hey, interacting with other people. And I, I feel like my players are just like, well, where do we go? I wanna hit something. And the, the mm-hmm. especially the beginning of this book is a lot of like, I don't know. Yeah. But, how do I murder Hobo in this? Yeah, but they did a good <laughs> job of throw, throughout the story, Forcing you to be introduced to certain people, so that when you get to year two, you can make choices of which college you want to follow, and also which uh, who who you want to be your mentor. And then, if you choose a, a mentor or like a, a teacher to follow, there's a counter one that is going to like be mm-hmm. your Snape to your Dumbledore in a way, mm-hmm. and, and 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 so that's really fun. There's a whole mechanic of like making friends with NPCs and then that has benefits uh, coming back. There's a whole section on finding a job. And so if you wanna work a part-time job, you can have a gold (laughs) income. At the cafe, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, And so you'll get a gold income and you'll also be making, uh, what's the word? Relationships with these other NPCs Mm -hmm. because of your job or because you don't have a job and you're able to hang out more and things like that. So uh, there's lots of benefits. To, to role play which we don't mm. see a lot usually role play benefits are just like i'm having fun with the story but i really like that you get to pick and choose and kind of go around uh makes the replayability of this a lot of fun too um yeah and also a really easy way of putting it anywhere because i like the fact yeah. that this could be like oh yeah like you know jim the the blah blah, blah of witherbloom like he could be in any world really it doesn't matter so i do feel it leans into
1: certain tropes and maybe some of those tropes wouldn't fit in your campaigns just to kind of go over i feel like it it wants to be a humorous college experience i feel like it wants to be it definitely harry potter was the game you wanted to play you could take this and you could have a harry potter thing um even though it's a college, you could even bump it up to being, you know, more adult, but still college. But all of the things I got in there was like, you know, there's parties going on. You can join extracurricular activities. You can, yeah. You can be part of the band or the drama group or like they're they're really take leaning to prom? into,
0: like, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're really leaning into the scholastic piece of college, mm-hmm. and they talk about it's it's a campus of academics, students. Professors, You know, it's it's all people that are kind of have the same general interests and they're there to, you know, kind of do that thing. It's not necessarily you went there because you're an adventuring party and you saw this big place and you're going to try to loot the whole place. You know, Or it's, it's not like that or, or it wouldn't fit in like Dark Sun to me. Like I wouldn't throw Strixhaven down into Dark Sun. Just it just wouldn't make any sense if it's a, if you're playing a darker game, a more gritty game, a more lower magic game. This feels very cosmopolitan. This is going to be people are coming from all over. This is a I, one place I thought was really good that you could put this as Sigil,
0: yeah. And it I actually that says good that in a book, too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that was a good I think, suggestion. I think Sigil would be an excellent location for this, uh, yeah, this city. And I was actually thinking of like, well, you could work that in really easy because that's yeah. that's just like I mean, but Sigil has its own like dozen source books as well. <laughs> yep. I like the so. idea of being able to
1: play an owl. I mean, I'm playing an Eric Coker right now. Um, which is, you know, the eagle people, and I love it. But I could see playing an owl humanoid person. That seems pretty fun. I've always thought we were missing, like, a nice, cool, like all the different dog humanoid people. I wish yeah. we had more of, like, a Pugmire, kind of like you would have all the different breeds of the dogs, which you'd have the Rottweiler dude and the, you know, the little um, terrier dude. And I, th- I always thought that would be kind of cool if we had it Because we have cat people, right? We've got yeah. Tabaxi, and we've got the Leonids. I almost feel like there's a third cat person, but maybe I'm wrong.
0: Maybe you're thinking you want to, I don't
1: know. (laughs) Nope, that's snake people. (laughs) We've got lizard people. We didn't get dog people. Why don't we have dog people? Yeah, Um, that's a
0: complaint that I've seen. Uh, And I think- We should fix that, Jordan. The idea is that we have gnolls, but gnolls are not an an official playable race, so.
1: Yeah, they're hyena people, if I would say. I don't think the dogs and hyenas are the same. Uh,
0: They're not, but- that's the equivalent I have, I guess. Yeah, domesticated I don't think tabaxis breeds. and lions are the same, but there you go.
1: And they both have their own, which makes sense. <laughs> you proved me right. Thank oh, there you. you go. <laughs> uh, I liked it. What Overall, give me your overall so far. Goodbye or disappointed or what?
0: No, I'm not disappointed. I really like it. And I like the fact that I can put it, um, like, you know, not in Dark Sun. You're absolutely right. But any, any kind of, uh, trans world or planner experience kind of world where dark sun is very isolated to dark sun you know um mm-hmm. and i i wouldn't necessarily use this for non-dnd i guess May, maybe because the mechanics are yeah so it might tied not fit in, in, in a dcc game yeah i was like, like i just I don't thinking... see magic working like that in in yeah. other in dcc or something Um, I do kind of like this as a framework for uh, kids with brooms or kids with wands or what? Yeah. Kids on brooms. Sorry. Um, Mm. Just to have the NPCs, the locations, the maps, and then play a kids on brooms game where we're not mm-hmm. worried about magic but like yeah what do you want to do like you're in this witherbloom class you know college or you're in this prismari college and so <laughs> um i think that could be a lot of fun so it was it was a goodbye for me i i read some reviews um i obviously placed a pre-order but um i didn't have to pick it up you know and i went and picked it up and paid for it so yeah i went and got it from my store
1: my local
0: yeah me me too and i looked uh i was reading it online on tuesday uh, cuz i have it on D beyond and so i kind of knew what i was going into uh, there's actually a really fun feat that you can take at level four that gives you the fine familiar spell, but only to summon the mascot of your spell. Oh school. yeah, they're the mascots. And, and school mascots. the, and, and, but there's fun things you can do with that mascot is you can like teleport places with it. Like we can swap positions. <laughs> and so there was a lot of like familiar magic that I thought was really fun. Yeah. Um, and if you don't get that feat, there's like a mechanical mascot you could take where it's like a up toy. I thought was really funny. Yeah. So. Wasn't there
1: a creature in the back? I was looking at some of the creatures, and there was something about the mascots that was interesting. Like, you hunt the mascots, or they're called, like, mascot
0: pests? Pest mascots?
1: One of the mascots is
0: a pest, which is, like, a worm grub thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then there was, like, a hunter of it or something like that. There, there seemed to be some type of thing going on there. But I like how they had the different mages and types of things you would meet. So, you like, what would be a... You know, a Prismari apprentice or a Prismari pledge mage. If you go to the Prismari school, Um, what's a Prismari professor, Quandrix scholars. I like how they talked about the different. And that's the only place where you really, I think you really get to see some of the colors. Because in the Quandrix, you start to see the greens. You know, the Prismari has the reds here and the blues. Um, I think it's green and Black is the color combinations. They don't really say them in here. Yeah. Uh, Lorehold is like probably white and
0: what is their combo? It's probably white and red, maybe. Um. Let's see. Silver Quill is white and black. Oh, white and black. uh, Prismari is blue and red. Yep. Wither Bloom is black and green, and they're all about decay, but decay creates life. That's my favorite one. Yeah, Here's my um, favorite creature of the... Yeah, that's a
1: cool one. The groth the the dog, the <laughs> swamp dog. I thought that was cool. I'm like, can I make that a pet large plant CR4? Pretty cool.
0: Lorehold Inkling mascot. Is, uh, he could. Lorehold is red and white, and Quandrix is green and blue, so... Okay. That's and they all have is. different, like one of them focuses on archeology. span One of them focuses on magic as a science. One of them focuses it on as an art. Uh, yeah. Witherbloom is definitely the like. The life and death. Life and death science. druidic kind of naturey magic stuff. Right. Um, they yeah. also talk about, um, I think they're called knots or snarls. Yes. In yeah. the magic. And, that, and the arches. That, that, uh, Strixhaven was actually built on a giant magical knot, um, and and that's part of the power. And so you can get these weird, wild magic fluctuations uh, mm-hmm. where there's, like, knots of power and stuff, and I thought that was really yeah. interesting. And it
1: affects the magic spells and stuff that you can cast,
0: right? Something that is part of the Magic the Gathering storyline is the auric, who are the, like failed students of Strixhaven or the Uh students that wanted to get in, but Strixhaven wouldn't let them in. And so they live out on the fringes of this world and they try to get people to go in and like steal magical secrets for them and their organization. And sometimes they recruit, recruit students that are actively enrolled there, basically explaining to them like, you know, the dragons that run this place are really awful. Like, you should join us and help us bring about the downfall of Strixhaven. Bring down their and tyranny. The yeah. Auric play a role in the whole overarching story because, like, I'm sure, why not? They're they're the villain in Magic the Gathering. We're going to use them again here. Uh, but they did a really interesting, fun twist on it, I thought. And I I love the art for the Orc. They just have these, like, faceless masks and stuff. Yeah. That uh, could be
1: a cool patron if you are going to have an a adventure group that gets hired to go steal something from inside Strixhaven. So they're not students themselves, but could be brought into this whole, what's going on in this place? And you can describe all these things that are happening as they're there trying
0: to steal something Exchange for students. an Auric
1: patron of some sort. Yeah.
0: yeah, that'd be cool. But no, Auric would be, the the Auric as they're an organization, that would be a good, yeah. interesting group patron for the party, but also a warlock patron. That could be kind of yeah. cool. like, I'm oh, gonna give you. you power to go into there because I can't go in, but here's <laughs> this is why you're a warlock. So that could be a fun yeah. secret that a player has. They did get accepted and enrolled, but their magical power comes from the bad guys outside. So,
1: mm-hmm. very cool. Well, it's a good book. It's out. You guys can go get it uh, on the shelves. It was like you know forty nine ninety nine or something like that, forty nine ninety five. Yeah, Canadian sixty five ninety five. Um. So that's it, right? December eleventh. No more books this year
0: yeah correct? next book is uh the critical yeah. rule book so
1: yeah like january or february right march i think yeah all the pushed even further that's right so. so that's all we have Except so... we
0: will have those updated books they'll have that three book binding that's coming out in january remember the oh I don't know yeah. If you can hear my son he's screaming but <laughs> uh mm-hmm. the player's handbook monster manual and then the Tasha's book that's combined with the combined. or something or yeah, yeah they're having that 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 I'm still interested in coming.
1: So what do you think as far as a, a year in review here um, for books that we bought this year Dungeons and Dragons? How'd you feel this year went for their content? They, they I
0: don't know they... that that that's a good question and that actually might be a good topic next week <laughs> when I can think about Maybe it. Maybe think on it. Okay, let's we'll like, save that one for next week. I'm trying to even like what came out. I guess Tasha's is the biggest one that came out but I think we'll make the list. So it's in our notes and maybe that'll give us a chance to really deep dive. We'll we'll see. I would like to deep dive about that. I think that would be a fun topic conversation. We'll deep dive on that. Uh, We'll, we'll go, we'll make a list. Um, We talk about Pathfinder every once in a while. Uh, Other news. There's a humble bundle out that you can get a starter set box, which I want to emphasize that the starter set box from what I looked at is not, the D and D starter set box. It's not really the same. It, it, you could enjoy this if you are new to Pathfinder, if you're new to mm-hmm. RPGs, uh, kind of mm-hmm. a thing like that. But um, there were there were veteran people in the comments that were just like, no, this is just great for maps and it's great for this. And, so. and to be clarify, it's Pathfinder two stuff, right? Yeah, even it though is we're saying Pathfinder. Pathfinder two. Yeah. Sorry, it is. Yeah, but it's a physical box. This uh, beginner yeah, box. Like a. F- um, so you'll put in Plus a coupon PDFs. code at their website and get it mailed to you. Plus uh, like 32 other PDFs that are all Pathfinder 2 or Starfinder or something. Um, it's a really cool deal. Uh, there's I've a been thinking about YouTube. making the
1: jump into Pathfinder this coming year. Well, so and that's what the that's thing is. I saw this bundle. and I
0: was like, I, I don't, you probably have a lot of the PDFs. Cause I know we all have PDFs and we kind yeah. of whatever, but uh I thought that this was a good thing for you because you kind of want to get into it and don't feel intimidated because it's a beginner box.
1: You should be okay. And I bought another humble bundle before too, but they put out so much content. Um, There might be some overlap, like the core rule books here, but. That's really cool. We'll continue with Pathfinder news. That's a cool humble bundle. He'll put the the link out there so you guys can find it. But um, what's out right now is lost city of omens. Um, On their webpage, they kind of have it separate to here's your Pathfinder core books, here's your campaign setting for Lost City of Omens, Um, and there's a bunch of books that go with Lost City of Omens. So if you're looking for a really good campaign setting um, that has, it seems like it has a lot of information to back it up for you for you dungeon masters that want to have a bunch of books available to you to run a campaign, this could be a really good time to get into Pathfinder second edition, because there is a really well-supported campaign world. You can jump in this, this lost city of omens and Absalon and, and stuff. They've got a lot of books in there. I thought that were really cool. Um, and the newest there, they have one more that's coming out um, in January. It's going to be called Knights of last wall. Um, it's got new rules, new equipment, magic items, spells, support for playing an archetype called Knights of the Last Wall. And the Knights of the Last Wall are the ones where these people who, as far as I understand it, when the great big undead hordes started to swarm across the, the lands, these are the people that stood up to fight. These are the people that tried to you know make the last stand kind of thing. Um, so it sounds very interesting and kind of cool. And I was also thinking that... Um, well, I want to come back to this one I have listed here after we get to your uh, topic, but also want to point out PAX Unplugged is happening this weekend. So we've been seeing a bunch of the friends yeah. of the show have made it over to PAX Unplugged and are hanging out. Um, I've went one time um, and it was awesome. The one time I went, I actually hung out with Grant and I hung out with the WebDM boys a little bit and... Um, it was pretty fun. You've not been to PAX Unplugged quite yet. I know that it's one of those ones that's kind
0: of on your list. Yeah, no, it's, it's well, A, it's just far away from me. Um, Philadelphia uh, is pretty But yeah. I don't mind flying because I fly to Indy. Uh, but the <laughs> pandemic and stuff, it just didn't make sense to go uh, because of other personal reasons as well. But, like, boy, I really wanted to go. And I yeah. got uh, I got a PAX press badge for seattle packs oh, and i nice. was all like gung-ho to go to that and then that's when the delta variant like super swung up and i was like okay i guess even though i'm vaccinated i probably shouldn't and now mm-hmm. it just seems like it was as much as i want to go back to uh conventions and i'm not faulting any of my friends who have gone to conventions yeah. and all of the pictures i've seen yeah. they're being as safe as possible but uh and you have to be vaccinated and things like that so i look at them and i'm like i don't necessarily think that you're the problem the reason this hasn't gone away yet <laughs> hmm, but no. at the same time it's it's i sympathize for those people that are like well you know i'm immune compromised i can't get the shot and so i can't go back to conventions because mm-hmm. yes because everybody's going to conventions now but boy it's it's rough staying inside this log i miss conventions like a lot yeah. you know, and. I don't know. I, I didn't know how refreshing that uh, yearly Gen Con or uh, Emerald City Comic Con that I used to go to was. And now yeah. I, I haven't had it in a couple of years. Or, I'm like, or oh. really spending
1: almost two years of restraining your movement. Yeah. Like you're even probably going to the store less than you did before. Like maybe only make one trip a week versus when you used to go maybe once or twice a week or, or something like that. You might not have done as many family gatherings as you did in la- all throughout your life. But this last year and a half, year, two years, you said, you know, maybe I'll only go to one of those or two of those instead of the five or six I went to. But And I've been feeling the same thing is that after a year and a half or two at this point, depending on when you decide when your area went into lockdown and your mentality changed to, to kind of follow that a little bit it's really starting to drag on on you know even even somebody who's an indoor person even normally for me i'm like i really like to be able to just go out and do things you know I, i can't believe i don't go to my game store i used to go at least once a week you know and go down there but now i might just wait for once a month and just go get what i need and kind of come back out i don't hang out there for very often where i might have stood in the comic book store for an hour just looking at covers or just flipping through things and i just don't tend to do it anymore and so it's definitely. I can't wait till we can get back to that going away. Yeah. But who knows if it will or when it will or
0: what will happen. And I, so. And in from my perspective, it might all work out because uh, my son will be a little older, so mm-hmm. I'll feel a little easier leaving <laughs> yeah. rather than like here's an infant, bye. You know, which yep, is kind yeah. of what I was going to do. And in hindsight, yeah. I'm like, that's kind of a terrible thing. It's good <laughs> thing you stayed home. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but boy, they look like they're having a lot of fun, and I've never been to a PAX unplugged, but the uh, just the giant like castle entrance, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this scene and it's PAX, now, like it's huge. I will give you, and that's the one that wizards goes to. Like they don't go to GenCon yeah. anymore, so it's like okay, mm-hmm. you go to PAX though. So yeah,
1: it is smaller when you compare it to Gen Con. So if you do go, be prepared for that. Parking is terrible for. That So if you're going to go or you're thinking about going, you want to go, make sure you research that next year or this year if you're going like today or tomorrow or whatever, cause it's still going. Um, that place is tough to get into. But once you're there, it's kind of cool. There's a lot of cool food places. There's a lot of cool places to sit down. There's a lot of cool rooms and things going on. And just not quite the size of Gen Con. So don't go there expecting quite that big.
0: But uh, it think, was fun. Uh, I think the one time I- or uh, Nerdarchy... Um, they were going to have their convention before the pandemic hit as well, and I think it's at the same place in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. I think they they rented the same uh, building. Building, yeah. yeah. Uh, so whenever theirs is, yeah, I'm I'm going to that one at some point too. So, so.
1: <laughs> one of these days, it'll get back there, and then we'll we'll get back out and see people again. We will get to come see some of the fans that are out there. Yeah. And I want to just, just play games swing with by <laughs> definitely. Guess. James and James went last. That's who I hung out with last year a lot too. Is James. Uh, we got to play. I played a bunch of MCC and DCC
0: with him. Nice. The year I went. But if nicer. you're, uh, I wonder if they'll do. They probably won't do an announcement, but I wonder if there'll be something there. Uh, mm, I don't know. Yeah. I saw there. Well, like Celeste is there with Two C Gaming, and a bunch of other cool things are happening. So Two uh, C Gaming is throwing a lot of Mage stuff May Chan Press, there too. Um, just lots of those indie publishers that are putting out like really, really yeah, great the, stuff. Like really great. The stuff. The
1: floor. Where, the, where all the vendors are is really good to walk around and it's not as crowded as Gen Con is where you're like shoulder to shoulder and you're kind of pushing your way if you want to go to a certain booth to see something because there's just lines and lines of people. PAX Unplugged was way better to go see most of those same people but then not as many people bunched in like you could really get there and you could really peruse and not feel like you were claustrophobic. So that was really good about being able to go and, and look at those vendors. And I love walking the vendor floor. I love walking through and just seeing different things and new things and things you might not see anywhere else. You know, the new games that are out, new RPGs, people are always, you know, putting books out that they're not a big enough company that you get it like a money cook or a, you know, a, um, Paizo or a Cobalt or, a, you know, 2C Gaming or that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I Very have cool. a, a conversation topic, but I think I want to save that for next week.
1: No, you're saving next week is for the deep dive. I think and, we'll do
0: both. Okay, we'll do both.
1: Well, then let me bring up, because you're, you're conversing. Well, I'm going to say it.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Go ahead. Because
1: you're like, who is D&D's real competitor? And I thought that was a great kind of question. Yeah. And that made me think, well, we're always looking at Paizo and what they're putting out, but Cobalt Press puts out a lot of cool books. So maybe I should find some Cobalt Press news to bring it to everybody. So I went out and I looked and Book of Tides is soon to go to Kickstarter. They just finished their Heroes one for some of you that kickstarted that. I know you love kickstarting a lot of the Cobalt Press
0: books. I do, I do quite a bit of their stuff because it's just quality. Like I have really been, I've, been, I've not been disappointed.
1: No, they add a lot of really cool stuff to 5e. And if you go and read one of their blogs, I picked up just one of them, and just one of them was really good. There was one about called Magical Wastelands, Mm -hmm. and it talks about like living spells that are left over from huge magic battles and what that might look like. And they have one in there about the falling, the living falling star. So, as if, you know, this big cataclysm happened, this thing crashes into a battlefield, people fight over it, and the magics have then turned it into something and it becomes like a big bad cr type tarrasque type creature and you can go over to their blog and they just give the stats on it they talk about how cool it is and you just pick that up and throw it in your game at any point they're they're throwing some really cool stuff out there at cobalt press so i think what i'll try to do from now on too not only am i'll bring us D news i'll bring us some pathfinder news maybe I'll bring us some Cobalt Press news and then maybe we'll keep expanding to yeah, some of the other well, the companies that are Press out there. Yeah, well, maybe the Cobalt Press should be the
0: <laughs> like third-party supplements to watch or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I, I'm a firm believer that if, if D&D pulled another fourth edition where they want to make it entirely in-house, proprietary, all this other stuff, and not have an open game license, hmm. I think Cobalt Press is the company that could easily take the... Open game license, rebrand D&D, much like Paizo did and move forward. They're just, yeah, they're, and then they would say, Hey, we've got all these monster books that already work with us with this system yeah. and stuff like that. So,
1: because it's open, yeah, I could see that for sure.
0: Um, the Book of Heroes that one is done and I'm excited yep. for that one to come out. Uh, but I just, oh, we talked about this last or three weeks ago, but I got the, uh, book of magical artifacts or whatever it is yeah really cool really cool book yeah they
1: put out some good stuff and i feel like they look for spots to add fun things into 5e not just necessarily worlds or not just necessarily rules but just fun magic items and spells and creatures they pick the right things to add to 5e that dms would want you know more more spells more magic items, more creatures. That's what any DM really, really
0: wants. More creatures. That's <laughs> more what Felix felixes. Wants. More creatures in D D. um, yeah, there you go. Uh, what'd you do in games? Let's talk about your epic fight in the back. Yep. Yeah. Well, um,
1: so we did play Dungeon of the Mad Mage, and we had a couple of weeks where we were off, just like the show. And then we finally played this last week which was nice to get everybody back together again um holidays are sometimes tough to get scheduling right because of all the stuff that's going on um but a cool battle with a hag oni a wizard that had a shield warden protecting a bunch of mesoloths that were keeping people busy they were you know nice high armored creatures lots of spells to use there was a lot of there's a lot of counterspell, I counterspell, your counterspell, I counterspell, your counterspell going on. Um, <clears throat> there was some interesting uses of shield over and over and over. That was interesting. And then we kind of buffed up our our main fighter. Like all of us threw spells on that would help him. So I like put on shield of faith and somebody else put on uh, warding warding something. So they shared damage and got resistance then somebody threw haste on him, and then the bad guys were throwing all kinds of, you know, spells on him. To try. So it was like this tug of war on who is going to make this one fighter either really good or really bad in the fight. So, like, the first three rounds are just people trying to pump up the paladin or the, the barbarian warrior, or, you know, or whatever that that person is. I thought that was interesting. And then it finally turned into, okay, now we need to start fighting each other. It wasn't just trying to pump one guy up or the other. Um, But it was a lot going on. there. Everybody was using every spell they had. Um, It's a really interesting floor. I think that level 9 floor has been the most interesting of all so far in Dungeon of the Mad Mage. And it's a very Strixhaven-like floor. (coughs) So it was very... um, Relevant that the Strixhaven had just come out, and we were fighting on uh, a magical college.
0: That sounds cool. I like this magical college stuff uh, that we're doing.
1: <clears throat> yeah, we were fighting students, and
0: it—it's just a fun level. It there's no, and again, I this always cracks me up, but there is literally no like big monster you're trying to fight or there's no overarching plot. Like you guys are just like, ah, we're just exploring. Like and yeah. Yeah, we're
1: just wandering through Yeah, well, our, our plot line is AC Inc. We're a franchise of acquisitions, of course. Well and I know that's your Deep.
0: plot line, but like yeah. the the book uh the the actual adventure doesn't have yeah. that. It is literally no. just like a mega dungeon to go explore. Like yep. that's fun. Yeah. I love
1: so it. Hallister, and it's about learning about Hallister. Yeah, right? that's true. And, and interacting with him and all the cool stuff that's going on, but it's like we're getting like we haven't fought an Oni. The last time I had an Oni is when I used him in a Storm King's Thunder, and I loved that creature. That an Oni is a really fun uh, creature to use as a dungeon master. If you haven't done it yet, go and look at some of the stats on what they can do and how you can mess with your party. Using an Oni, it was really cool and clever character, or a creature to use, um, and it was fun. It added a lot of flavor to our battle.
0: Um, uh, speaking of Onis, that made me think of uh, just like not a lot of people know about all of the different monsters in mm-hmm. the D and D world, which is you know fine. Yeah. Um, in Strixhaven, uh, the the first chapter of the adventure has a lot of going to class and you have to take notes, and then. It's about learning like, okay, we're going to talk about Slotty today or, or okay, we're going to talk yeah. about like this monster today. And there's a little box in the book that's like, here's all the things that you need to know about them. And then if your players can correctly tell you the difference between a green slot and a black slot, then that's you the can quiz. move forward and they pass <laughs> the exam and there's benefits to passing and not passing. It's so funny. So, yeah. That's
1: awesome that sounds really fun for a lore centric exactly
0: uh, (laughs) i would love it so good
1: so but what about so that's what we did um it was fun we got through it i think we're at the end of it i feel like we're about to level up i feel like we're about to have completed this level and i think we're about to hit level 10 or it might be 11 it's one of those two right there. i think it's nine that we're on but um we're about to go down to the next level and see what that is and it's been interesting because each level has been very different from the others so you're just walking into something totally who knows it could be a whole level of drow it could be a whole level of a swamp it could be a whole level of giants it could be a whole this one was a, a magical school that Hallister had put up you know so who knows what we'll get to next um so it's been very interesting i can't wait till we get you know deeper and deeper and higher and higher level uh I'm still loving the arcane archer slash twilight cleric combo I've got going on. The, the character class is so fun to play and it has lots of epic moments and it does big massive damage when you need it to and I still miss a lot too so that always hurts and you just like no I need to hit now. <laughs> so oh. it's, it's just a fun, fun character to play and a fun campaign to play so far. What about you? Did you do some playing in your your couple of weeks there of?
0: Yeah, uh, away from the show. I well, I ran one game of DCC, and uh, they finally left Hot Springs City, and so they went exploring oh, into right. another area, which was really exciting. What prompted um, that though? Because you said they were kind of stuck in the city for a while. I think a lot. Well, a lot of them are s- newish players, and I mm-hmm. and I think they're all completely new to hex crawls. And so, but eventually one of the players was like, I'm done with this place. And and then everyone couldn't like give a reason to stay. So she kind of like instigated, like we're leaving. And so they left (laughs) Um, and it was fun. And so uh, we ended on a cliffhanger though, because they were fighting a bunch of these imps and imps are very powerful in this version of the game uh, and Mm -hmm. in DCC. So they thought they were just like, oh, we'll go kill these like easy imps, and then the imp did like fourteen fire damage to a level two character, and they were like, what? And so they were freaking out. Back up! (laughs) Um, But there was a magical door that the imps were protecting, and they got past them, and then ran up to the door and touched it. But the player who or the player character that touched it uh, burst into flame and disappeared. And everyone's like, well, did she teleport? Did what happened? Is she dead? And I'm like that's what you see. And I just and went we'll with it. And we'll see
1: next week. <laughs>
0: and then they all decided to run up and touch the door, hoping that it's like, well, this is all or nothing. Either Jordan's going to end the campaign yeah. or uh, we teleport somewhere, something cool happens. So they all ran up and touched the door and that's where we ended. And so- uh,
1: We did that exact thing in Tomb of Annihilation. There was a part where one of our characters touches something or portals something and he's just gone. And yeah. we all look at each other and we're like, well, did we give him five minutes to see if he'll come back? And they were like, no, if he if it's bad, we all go. <laughs> so it's like, we all just go, right? Because five minutes could be, he could be fighting on the other side. Exactly, yeah. Five minutes is done. You're not yeah. getting through five minutes of combat in D&D. You're, you're six second rounds. <laughs> so it was like this. Idea. But it was funny, thinking we we're all looking at each other like, you wouldn't even consider... Well, let's just give him a minute or two because maybe it's just a doorway and he'll just come right back and everything will be cool. We're like, no, we better all go. It's either we're all gonna die or you know, yeah, this is it. So we made that same decision. That's funny. I love um,
0: that. and then I had some locals. Uh, they they figured out that I was in on the internet and uh, contacted me out? from Discord. <laughs> and said, hey, like you should join our Discord of locals in the area that like tabletop RPGs. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, that sounds Um, cool. And it's been a fun Discord because everyone's- Hey, Michigan
1: people, (laughs) Lucian would (laughs) like that too.
0: (laughs) Everyone's looking for a game or they're actively playing in a game or they have advice or they wanna like talk. And some people are like, no, I'm still only doing online right now, or no, I'm doing this. So uh, I got into a small game of D&D And we played, I think we only played twice, which is kind of sad, Uh, but Mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun. We played online. Um, And Mm -hmm. so we played twice and it was all theater of the mind. I was like a little duergar arcane trickster. Um, And then we ended up leaving and the guy said that, he's like, well, I'm really sorry. Uh, I started this and organized it all. But he's like, but I wanted to get to know you guys in order to play again in the future but my wife's gonna have a baby in two weeks. So So I'm (laughs) I'm gonna like be out for a little while and we're like completely understandable. So uh, no, they all seem like really fun people and I hope to play with them again. And I even volunteered, I'm like, I could continue like running something with you guys if you want. Yeah, I would love so. to
1: run stuff with local people. People I could, if we wanted to go and meet up somewhere.
0: Yeah, I think it's you it's know for fun, a drink you know? or
1: have some. Pizza but it's
0: hard or to find some time. of those people sometime, and so yeah. this was kind of cool. Or it was like, no, like join this Discord. We're only people in this area, and I was like, oh, okay. I need a board game Discord like that too. Yeah, I well, that's the thing. Play this board one, games. They have board games too. Yeah. So it, there's a tabletop RPG section. There's a board game section. It's all about like finding those people that like your hobby and yep. how do i because that's the problem with board games and tabletop rpgs is you need people to play with you need so. people yeah um so that's what i did it was a lot of fun and uh now i'm gonna go see santa claus with my kid so that should be fun
1: <laughs> any any bets on if he's gonna cry or he's gonna like it i think he's
0: gonna cry i think he's not think going he's gonna cry we're gonna hand him to him he's like um, no
1: daddy don't let my me backup
0: plan <laughs> is i give the camera to my wife and I sit on Santa's lap and we get I'm a picture sure. of me. Yes. So.
1: I'm sure the Santas out there love when the dads
0: come up with that plan too. Oh, you don't think it's original? <laughs> no. Okay. Thank <laughs> no. you so much for watching, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back <laughs> next week uh, talking about our year in review, I guess. That's kind of a fun idea. Two
1: topics, you said.
0: Who is D&D's real competitor? Yeah. And year in review. We'll do that. It'll be a fun uh that'll be a good episode. So I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll make Lucian write notes ahead of time. Oh, that'll be good. Lucian did. <laughs> uh, like comment, subscribe, tell your friends, uh, check out that. I podcast. really enjoy strict Haven, I'll say it again. So, um, not <laughs> sponsored, but all that stuff. Uh, Let's we'll sponsor. see you next week on another episode of the Saturday morning DD show. Take care.